you for joining and listening to God's Word with us today. Right now, we are in a series of Like Never Before. We believe that there will be breakthrough and you will experience like never before moments in your life through God's Word. Hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you and your family. You know, today I felt like, you know, after 21 days, God put this word in my heart and I wanted to talk to our church and we're going to learn together, amen? We're going to learn together and we're going to meditate and we're going to get better with what we already know. And uh, I want to start off with saying, we humans, we are built very beautifully, you know, we, we are built in a very, dis- you know, um, I don't know, God has a very genius way on how he's built us and sometimes we can't understand ourselves. Okay, and I went through the study about our brain and the most contradicting part of our brain is this two aspect is that the emotional brain and the logical brain. Okay, this is actually true guys, you have it, okay. So we have this emotional part and we have this logical part. So this emotional part is all about uh, immediate gratification, all right. It's like I want it, I want it. I get it. Oh, okay. I know how it feels. I'm going to take it. I'm going to get it. All right. You feel it. You take it. The logical part always says, think about it. Okay. If you're going to use that or you're going to eat that, you're going to put on weight or you're going to, you know, your future might be like this or you might have to start saving. It's, it's, It's almost like you have a cake and a broccoli. Okay. So your intimate gratification is more like, go for it, man. Chocolate cake. You know how it tastes like. And while you're reaching out to it, your logical brain is like, it's got 1,000 calories in it. You know, don't eat it. Don't eat it. You're working out. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. But you know what? Most of the time, the emotional brain wins. All right? And there is a word for it. When the emotional brain, when the emotional part of it wins, when it triumphs over your logical brain, it is called an impulsive decision. It's termed as an impulsive decision. What does impulsive decision mean? It's something that you don't think. You just went for it because you felt it. You just went for it because it felt good. Something that was not thought about. I want to remind you a story this morning. I don't know if you've heard about this. This There was this guy and uh, he went for a job interview and he was like, uh, he didn't get the job. He didn't get the job. He tried so hard. He did not get it. And he was so broken. And he was like, man, what am I going to do in life? What am I going to do? So he walks out of his office and he's leaving the building and he's so disappointed. And as he's leaving the office, someone shouts and says, hey, Raju, your wife and your daughter died in a car accident. All right. And this guy got so emotional. He was like, oh, my God, what's the meaning of my life? There is nothing. And he runs to the fourth floor. Okay. And he said, I'm going to end my life. And he jumps off the building. And as he's coming down in the fourth floor, he's like, wait, 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 wait. I don't have a daughter. And then as he's coming to the third floor, he's like, hey, wait, 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 wait. I am not married. And while he's going to hit the rock bottom, he's like, man, my name is not Raju. I'm not saying that we make such dangerous and unwise decisions, but this is a metaphor of how we make impulsive decisions. We go with our emotions and we make our decisions and we go with it. And as we are hitting the rock bottom, we're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. All right. Man, I shouldn't have done that. 
And this morning, I want to talk about waiting like never before. Wait on the Lord like never before. We're going to learn on how to wait on the Lord. We're going to learn on how not to have an impulsive waiting. Impulsive waiting, it's more like you wait on the Lord and you felt something about it and you went and did something else. And then you go like, I should have waited a little more. As Christians, you know, waiting on the Lord is not a decision that we make, you know, a course of time or a season of our life. As Christian, waiting on the Lord is our lifestyle. That is what we should do, not just in a month or in a season, but we have to do that throughout our life, and it is our lifestyle. If you're an Indian, of course you're an Indian, and if you're born in a middle-class family, you know what waiting on the Lord means, right? We were trained, man. We were trained. You know, we, you know to an extent, um, you know, when my 10th standard exam, uh, it's really funny and it happened. I don't know if my mom disagrees with me. Uh, you know, 10th standard exam, okay, I go to her and I'm like, Mom, I'm going to write my exam with this pen, okay? It was just five rupees pen. I, I don't care about it. And my mom takes that pen and she holds it and she's like, Jem, you should pray about it and you have to wait. I'm like, Mom. It doesn't matter. My handwriting is anyways like a crap. It does not matter. And, and then my mom's like, no, you have to wait and pray about it. Then she prayed and she's like, okay, you know what, go with it. I'm like, wow, to a pen? And have you seen these people with a fancy pen, an expensive pen, and their handwriting is so bad? <laughs> have you seen that? You know, when people come with their build-up pen, I'm like, oh, cool, show me your handwriting. And it's like, okay, no, not worth it. And as funny as it is, our waiting is the same. We know the logic. We are ready to wait on the Lord. But the foundation and the basics are sometimes wrong. And we turn to the Lord and say, Lord, why? I've been waiting, but why aren't you answering? You know what? I'm going to do something about it. As you know, men and women, if you have a family, it's really hard to wait on the Lord because you have to make quick decisions for your family. And if you're a student, you have to make quick decisions for your future. And what the word of God says, wait on the Lord. But the world says, if you can't make a decision in five seconds, you can never make a decision. What are you going to do? Amen. We're going to learn that today. We're going to learn that today. Are you ready? Are you ready, church? We're going to just learn and we're going to wait and we're going to make this as a time of prayer. I want us to learn. I want us to pray. I want us to receive. Are you ready, church? Amen. Amen. Let's learn about praying. I mean, waiting. Waiting on the Lord is just trusting God for what only He can do. It's just about trusting in His time. You just put in all your faith upon it. And it's about putting... Your, your decision into God's time. It's not about saying, God, you know what? You tell me what to do. But it's saying, God, I'm going to wait upon you. I'm going to wait. I'm going to make my decision wait so that your timing can be perfect. I'm going to rely on the timing of the Lord. And it takes faith to choose to wait on the Lord so that he can provide at the right time. It takes faith and to know your God. It's just not about what you want. It's just not about a material thing. But it is about what he can provide and what he has already provided. 
Amen. Is God good? Yes, He is. Can He provide? He can, yes. Is he, will, he, will He forsake you? No, He can't. And will He do all things for good? Yes. Then why don't we put our trust upon Him? Waiting on the Lord is about putting our trust upon Him. And waiting upon the Lord by seeking God. It's just not about saying, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you. But it's about seeking God desperately. Amen. Amen. In those 21 days, we came together. We were seeking God. We were waiting upon the Lord. We prayed for Him. And, and I believe most of your prayers were answered. You were encouraged in the Lord. And if your prayer hasn't been answered, I, I want to tell you, wait on the Lord. He is able and seek Him. Seek Him desperately. In Psalms chapter 27, verse 4 says, One thing I have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. It's more than just asking. It's more of dwelling. Waiting on the Lord is not about like, I'm going to wait on you for this. I'm going to wait on you for that. But I'm saying, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to dwell in your presence. Come touch me. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, The one who waits on the Lord will gain strength and soar on wings like eagle. You wait on the Lord for the strength. You wait on the Lord for the courage that you need. You don't wait on the Lord when you need something in your house. You need something for your future. But you say, God, I wait on you because I want to seek you. Seek him and dwell in his presence. Amen. If we, you know, in our church, KCC is very organized in how we do things. You know, this whole service, we plan on how it is. And, 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 and all, you know, you have to do prayer at this time. We have to lead worship at this time. We have to do the word at this time and all of that. But trust me, if, if Pastor Sam and I have always stuck to that agenda, I don't think any of you would be here. We always make a plan and we always say, God, here you go, but we're going to wait on you. We're going to seek you. We want you to come and do your thing. You can have a plan for your life, very good, but lay it at the feet of God and say, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to wait upon you and I want you to come and do your work, oh God. I want you to come and do, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to seek you for it. Waiting on the Lord through prayer. When we go into a mode of prayer, we open up our mouth and speak the desires of our heart and say, God, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to wait on you. Trust me, every closed doors and a person praying there is more powerful than anything in this world. Than anything in this world. Yes, there's a war happening on the other side of the world, but when we bowed our knees and we prayed, I'm very sure God is standing up to do something. Amen. And we are waiting upon the Lord to do something. So every time you pray, you are waiting on the Lord. As you pray, wait on the Lord. You know, we sometimes use these fancy words. And we memorize all these Bible words and we go and talk and talk and talk and talk to God. At the end of it, you don't know what you're praying about. At the end of it, you don't know what you want. The Bible says sometimes we don't know what we need and what to ask. So the Holy Spirit helps us to pray to the Lord. So even as we pray, go in an attitude of saying, I'm going to wait on the Lord. God, you know the desires of my heart, and I'm going to wait on you. These are some things that we know about waiting on the Lord. And I have this person who's so impressive on how he waited upon the Lord. Amen. Let's all turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to learn on how to wait on the Lord more deeper, 
more better and more powerfully. I call this the impressive waiting. This man really impressed me. Though he is very old, really impressing on how he waited on the Lord. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 2 from 25 to 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see the dead before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parent brought the child Jesus to him, for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Is that it? So this is just the event where Mary and Joseph, they bring Jesus to the temple to, to fulfill the custom, you know, the, the law of Moses. And they're coming in. And here, here's Simeon where he's, he's waiting on the Lord for just one thing. That is to see the Messiah before he dies. To see the Messiah before he dies. Let's bring our attention to all the details that this man has been performing to see this being fulfilled. And, and, and the Bible says, in his good old age, he was righteous and he was devoted. Amen. Amen. And when, when it was the right time, when Jesus was brought into the temple, the Holy Spirit helped him to come to the right place to see what God had promised in his life. You're waiting, that's good. But you have to check your ground on where you are waiting upon. Be at the right place as you're waiting. I've seen people wait on the Lord and when things don't work, they move from place to place. From church to church, from fellowship to fellowship. But God is saying, hey, just wait. Just wait in the right place. It says the Holy Spirit led him to the right place where he saw his promise being fulfilled, something that he has been waiting for a lifetime. He didn't meet Jesus in his 30s, in his 40s. When he's saying, God, now I'm, I'm I may go in peace because it's time and it's done and I've seen your promise being fulfilled. So I want to tell you, church, as you're waiting on the Lord, check your ground. If that's the place God wants you to stay and wait, stay and wait. Because God always ordains a place for his work to be done. God marks his territories. It is physical and spiritual. God has marked your school, your college, your workplace, this church for his work to happen in your life as you wait for that season. If you feel like you're in a wrong place, nah. God has marked that territory for you. And if you have to get comfortable, if you can't get comfortable there, I want to pray for you today. Get comfortable in the place that God has marked you and wait over there. And the Holy Spirit will help you to see what the Lord has for you in your life. Amen. And let me tell you, as you wait, there's always the power of Trinity. When you say, God, I'm going to cast all of my plans in your hands and I'm going to wait. 
and I'm going to wait. The one who does it all is the one who should say what you have to wait upon. We have been waiting upon certain wrong things in our life. Can we make change our prayers to saying, God, teach me what should I wait upon? What is it you want to do in my life so that you can work through my life? Sometimes we wait upon things saying, do this in my life. I'm going to wait upon you so that I can do something. But it's the other way around saying, God, I'm going to wait upon you so that you can give me something so that you can do something through me. Something through this, oh God. And you can clearly see on how God promised him that he would see the Messiah and how the Holy Spirit led him through it and how it was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. He saw the Messiah. It was Jesus who fulfilled the promise. And God has certain things that you have to wait upon. God has set purposes in your life that we have to hold on to God and wait upon him. So that the Holy Spirit would lead you. Hold on to your sweet Holy Spirit. There is no other person who can lead you through your purpose. And through Jesus Christ, all that God has promised in our life, we will receive it. That's the beautiful thing about waiting upon the Lord. It's God's plan in our life. It's not something that we choose. Waiting upon God is not something that we choose. It is something that God has set for our life. That at certain times, at certain moments, God expects his people to come together and wait upon him. In the Bible, you can see a whole battlefield. The army is waiting upon the Lord. While they can just go for the war and defeat their enemies and take over. But they are waiting upon the Lord. This is not something that you want to plan and do. But something that God has been set for your life. And as you're waiting, depend on the Holy Spirit. Because only he can take you to the right place. And only he can help you go through this process. And through Jesus Christ, it will be fulfilled. And when God is involved in your waiting, when God is in your plan, trust me, there is a greater glory manifested in it. It is greater glory and there is a big picture behind it. There is a big picture behind it. If you're waiting upon some, you know, for a marriage, for a perfect girl, for a perfect woman, you know, don't, don't ask God, give me a woman with a long hair, with a beautiful face and all of that. Just wait upon the Lord and say, God, make me a good husband. And I pray that I'll be able to raise a godly family. Because those things doesn't work because I asked for a tall husband. <laughs> but God gave me, but yeah, he gave me a handsome and a smart one. So it works. It works. So those prayers, guys, doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm a living testimony. It doesn't work. All right. So pray and wait for the bigger picture. Short and cute and handsome, whatever, but not tall. Right? Right? So pray about the big picture and wait on the Lord because when God is involved, when the Holy Spirit moves, and when Jesus comes there for the justification, there is an explosion of God's glory in that. There's an explosion of God's glory in that. And I want us as a church to experience that. Something that we wait upon, we feel like, oh, you know what, I don't even want to talk about it. But you know what, God is so interested about it that he's going to bring in an army. And he says, me, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, we're all in it and we are interested. And we are working for it. Don't worry, wait on it. But keep your picture bigger. Keep your picture bigger. God is so interested and he is working. Trust me, anything where the Holy Spirit was present, 
where God's word was sent, and when it was fulfilled through Jesus, it was like mind-blowing. Whatever that you're waiting for in your life, it might be something little, but God is saying, I'm going to make it awesome. I'm going to make it awesome. Amen. There is Trinity in it when you wait upon it. It says, but as for me, in Micah chapter 7, verse 7, as for me, I will look to the Lord and I will wait for the God of salvation. My God will hear me. Shall we read this verse together? But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for God and my salvation. My God will heal me. Can we say the last line again? My God will I want to show you today, God is near you and he is hearing you. Won't you do it, guys? Won't you do it? Wait upon him. He will do it. You might feel like, God, I have very less time. Won't you move? God hears it. You can say, God, I'm in so much pain. Won't you hear me? God is hearing it. But wait upon the Lord because he is making all things perfect for his glory to be manifested in your life. He's marking his territory. He's getting his army ready. And he wants you to wait and know that he will do it. There might be some deeper cries in your heart. There might be certain things that you've been waiting for a long time. I want to stand here and assure you that God is hearing it. And he is near you, and he is going to do it. He is going to fulfill it. Amen. And the fourth thing is being devoted towards what you're waiting for. Being devoted. What, what does a devoted mean? Being loyal and being faithful for what you're devoted to. Amen. We wait for something, and we are doing something else on the other side. But if you see this man... Simeon, he was waiting and he was devoted. He served in the temple of God and he was devoted. It's not easy to be considered righteous in the Bible, guys. It's not easy to be considered righteous. We are called righteous because of Jesus, but before Jesus, it's not easy. In the times of Noah, it was million out of one. One out of million was considered righteous. It's not easy. It shows how this man devoted himself to see the Messiah. And he was the first one to realize that. He was the first one to realize that. Whatever you're seeking for, be it anything, you don't have to say it out. Your job, your family, your life, whatever it is, be devoted to it. Be devoted to it. If you're preparing for a job, if you're preparing for a marriage life, if you're preparing for your ministry, be devoted to you because God honors it. Last week we spoke about the seed of revival in you. This is all about putting the seed and nourishing it. You don't just sow a seed and just go and relax and come and expect something to happen. But it's about you working your ground. It's about you nourishing it day and night so that when the time comes, you will see what the Lord has in store for you. Be devoted to what you are waiting for. Be it anything. Devoted, be loyally, faithfully work for what you are waiting for. And when God, when it's the right time, God will make sure the work of your hands will be blessed. And he will justify it. He will satisfy. He will satisfy you.
He will make sure he will gratify you beyond your expectation. Because what God is preparing is something beyond what you want or beyond what who you who you are or beyond what you want to see in your life because God always thinks big. God always thinks big. It takes 14 months for a dog to give birth. It takes 9 months for a human to give birth. It takes 24 months for an elephant to give birth. It's bigger. It's bigger. Right? Baby elephant is not small. And it doesn't come out soon because it's bigger. And God, God has something for you. What, what God has for you is bigger. And it's going to take time. The more you wait, the more bigger it is. So rejoice and be glad for the Lord is going to do something awesome in your life. It can take a lot of time. It can take a lot of time. But God is preparing something bigger than you. Bigger than you. It might look foolish. It might look crazy to wait upon something and just watch people move on. And you're just waiting here. Just know God is growing it. He is nourishing it. Baby elephants, yes. A lot of baby elephants in your life. Amen, amen, amen. Let's stay in this together. God is speaking. He is here. And you know what? Waiting on the Lord, it's about your craving for more. You're craving for more. You want more. You dig deeper. Amen. You know, Billy Graham, the, the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen. Amen. He, 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 he preached the gospel to millions of people. And millions of people came to him to give their life to Jesus. And in one of his interviews, they asked him, how long do you take to prepare your sermon? Because your sermons are so powerful. How long do you take? And you know what? You know what? He spoke about just one sermon everywhere all his life. He just spoke about the good news. That's all he spoke everywhere. But he said his answer was this. My sermons are prepared for a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to prepare a sermon. It's not a one-day thing. It's about how this man day and night sat down digging the word of God so that he can preach. He can preach to the mask every day. With his experience, with the sermons that he has preached, he doesn't even have to prepare. He can just come up there and preach and what he knows. But he said, it's a lifetime. It takes a lifetime that you learn and that you dig deep. You keep digging. You keep receiving. You keep digging. You keep receiving. Trust me, if you're waiting upon the Lord, increase your appetite. Spiritually increase your appetite and say, God, more. I want more. It's okay even if it's taking time, but I want more. I want more of your presence. I want more of your way and your will to happen. I want more of your work to be done. God, more. I want more. The whole Israel was waiting for Messiah, but it was only one man who got to hell, you know, hold him in his hands and say, I have seen him. And it is going to happen. Amen. The world might be doing crazy things to see things happen in their life, but you wait, but you crave, and you wait upon the Lord, and the Lord will satisfy you. The Lord is going to make it happen. Wait upon the Lord. Be greedy about it. Say, God, I want more. If God has answered it, sit down and say, God, more. 
If God has fulfilled your 21 days of praying and fasting, sit down for another 21 days and say more. We all waited for that 8 p.m. on the 21st day and we're like, oh, fasting is done. Yes. There are some people who did 20, 20, you know, 21 days and 8 a.m., 8 p.m., you know. But I'm saying expand it. Expand it. Wait on the Lord all your life. Wait on the Lord in every situation. If there's something that's tempting you, fast. Don't wait for KCC to say, guys, let's decide to do 21 days. Don't wait for that. Just go for it. Expand your thirst and love for God. Just say, God, if there's an hindrance, I'm fasting on that. God, if my prayer life is lacking, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to seek you. Expand it. Oh, God, I'm hungry. I want more. I want more. I want more. The last thing is, people who wait on the Lord will save the word. People who wait on the Lord will save the word to the last. The perfect thing for you to understand this is when you're having chicken biryani, you know, luckily you get this best piece, right? And then you keep it aside and you eat the whole thing and you're, wait, you're, you're keeping that best piece for the last. I used to do that before marriage and after marriage, my husband kept stealing it, so I stopped doing that, you know. So the situation is just like that. You save the best for the last and you, at the end of it, you eat that piece and you go like, ah, good, and this taste is going to be in my mouth for a long time. Yes, yeah, Ryan is like, yeah, I do that, yes, I know how it feels, yes. What's this word I'm talking about? What's this word that people who wait on the Lord would save is? It is finished. That's the word. Finished is the word that you're going to save. It's not something that you just use it in the process. Or as you are starting, just like, God, just finish it. Or as you are in the process, God, it is finished. No. You wait in the process. You wait as tribulations come. You wait as time passes by. You save that because the word finish is not a sad thing. It's a very powerful and a beautiful thing. And you know what? Jesus did it on the cross and he gave that it is finished to you to hold on so you can finish your destiny and say it is finished. Jesus did not say that word when he put, they put the cross on him. He did not use that word when they were giving him, you know, when they were persecuting him. They didn't, he did not say that word when he was climbing the mountain and he did not say that word when they were crucifying him. He said that word when it was all finished and he said, it is finished. Save the word. Because that's a beautiful word that you have to say. But you would say at the right time. You will say at the right time. Bear it. Go with it. And in the end, when you see the Lord do it, you say, yeah, it is finished. When you say it at the right time, it sounds beautiful. But when you're saying it in the wrong time, it's going to put you down. And that's what the Satan wants. He wants you to say that word in the beginning. Because this is something that God is saying, you know what? I'm giving you this word. You have to say this when you are done, okay? When you finish it, when I show my glory through your work, you know, say that word. But Satan is like, no, I have to make them say it now. I have to make them give up now. I have to make them leave now. I have to make them say it is done now. But God is saying, save it to the end. 
you see this man, he's saying, now I may leave in peace. It is finished. He could have said that word in his 30s, in his 50s, or however, but he's saying, my life is almost to the end, but I've seen it. Now I will say, it is finished. People who wait on the Lord, save the word. If it's over here, swallow it. If it's at the edge of your tongue, mm, and wait on the Lord because it is not your time. Because when you say it at the right time, the world is going to hear it and God's glory is going to be manifested, church. Save the word. In my prayer today, I'm going to say every spirit that's making you say that word, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I want you to place your hands upon you and say, God, help me to save the word. Any temptations that's insisting me to say that word, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke it. Save the word. Save the word because that word is going to sound so beautiful when the Lord has done his work. You will say it. And when you say it, it's going to be a triumph. It's going to be a victorious one and not losing the battle. Amen. Amen. Being tapped into God's timing. I want you to clearly understand this. The one who has stopped digging is the one who has stopped believing. If you have stopped digging the word of God, if you have stopped digging his love, you have stopped believing. You can come to church, you can do whatever, but you have stopped believing. And clearly listen to this. If you have stopped praying, you have already lost it. If you have stopped praying about something that God has put in your life, you are defeated already. Is that surprising? You are defeated. You don't have to wait until the result comes out. But if you have stopped praying, you are defeated. But as long as you are praying, you are winning. But as long as you're praying, you are in the game. As long as you are praying, the, the result, whatever it is, you are still winning. Amen. When you kneel down and pray, it is as powerful as people in the war. With all the guns and with all whatever they are doing, with the battle, with the sword and all the muzzle power. Trust me, the same power is when you kneel before God and say, God, I'm going to wait upon you. My battle is not done and it is not over and my defeat is not there yet. The Satan might say, hey, you're defeated. God is not answering it. Look at the situation around. It's defeated. It's done. But you're saving the word and you're saying, no, it is not done. I'm still praying. I am still praying. As long as I pray, I know God is going to do it. I want to remind you today, if you have stopped praying about something, today revive it and get on it and pray. Pray for that person that you want to be see, being saved. Pray for that promotion that you have kept your eyes upon. Pray for that family member that you want to be saved. Pray for whatever that you're desiring. Keep on praying. I'm so happy that church has decided to choose prayer. The most powerful thing that a Christian can hold. You are not done. You are not defeated until you are praying. It is never done. It's never done. 
you know, in different countries, in different worlds, they tried to destroy Christianity. Do you know why it's still alive? We are praying. We are praying. Many ideas, many strategies, many ways to say, no, we want, we don't want Christianity. We, we want to change everyone. We want to, you know, change all the system. But we are praying. We are praying. And trust me, God is touching many lives than before. Because we are praying. We are shaking things. That's the beautiful thing about waiting upon the Lord. He will give you the strength. He will give you the courage to save the word and keep fighting and keep praying. I think I've mentioned about this in my previous sermon. Prayer is about push. P-U-S-H. It means pray until something happens. You pray and you wait until something happens. So you keep pushing. You keep marching forward. You keep going towards it. And one more thing as Christians, we have to be clear about waiting upon the Lord. If you see Peter's mother-in-law, she received the healing that she needed. She received what she wanted and then she waited upon the Lord. She leaned upon the Lord after she received what she wanted. We wait on the Lord for what we want. But trust me, wait on the Lord even before your needs are being met. And even after being, it, it being met, wait upon the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we take what God gives us and we get so busy with it and God is like, hey, is this all? Is this all? Just to demonstrate for you, there was a father and a son who loves going for a walk. They just love that time. And the son would just love going with his dad for a walk. And they would have such a beautiful time. And then one day he goes to his dad and says, can I have a cycle, please? I just want to go fast. I just want to be adventurous. And his dad goes like, really? I don't want to. I want us to go for a walk. And he's like, no, can I have a cycle, please? And his dad gave him a cycle. And that day when they left for walking, they were slowly walking and he was pushing the cycle and he's like, Dad, can I ride it? Like, yeah, sure, sure, let's, let's, do, let's go slowly, okay? And then, yeah, and the, and the son goes like, oh, the cycle is interesting. Can I go faster? And he just goes and the dad is like trying to keep up and he's standing there and it's like, that's all? What is, I miss that, I miss that. I think sometimes God gives us something that we grab it so well and we're so happy about it. We're so thankful about it and we're like, God, I'll come back to you again later. And God is like, hey, it was so nice when we were waiting. I think we are waiting upon so imp you know, something so important that when we receive it, God feels like, oh, you know, I think we might lose this relationship of waiting. You know what? You wait here. <laughs> You wait here. And you know what the best attitude about waiting? You say, God, you give me and you do something through it. That's what I want to wait about. I don't want to take this and just run away, but I'm going to still wait upon you. Do not wait on the Lord for what you need, but wait on the Lord for what he has already done. Wait on the Lord for what he has already done. Stay close to him. Seek him. So that even when you receive, you know how to wait upon the Lord. Don't wait on something that is so important or don't make it so important that you will forget what it means to wait upon the Lord. 
what it means to wait upon the Lord. Amen. And church, as people, God's people, we have to wait upon the Lord for God's big picture. Everything that we wait upon the Lord, it has to connect to what God wants to do for His big picture, for His greater glory. If you're waiting for a job, say, God, I want to get a job where I can go and reveal your presence, where I can talk to people about you. If you're waiting for a bigger future, say, God, I am waiting upon this so that you can do something about it. And as a church, we have to come together and wait upon the Lord so that His kingdom will be planted and be established on this earth. It starts from your individual desire to a desire of a church. The vision of this church is to connect with hearts and lives in a way to inspire change and bring people back to Jesus. That's the vision of this church. And we should wait upon the Lord for that. Be devoted for that. And in our individual life, pray and say, God, I'm going to wait on you so you can help me to support this vision that through my life, wherever I am, whatever I do, that I will be able to connect people with you, God. Now that's the big picture about waiting on the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon today. Hope it was a blessing for you. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. We will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.